This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by Everbank. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and Jags YouTube. The Jaguars host the Colts in Week 6, but first, a look back to the win in London last week with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli on Jaguars Happy Hour Monday. Did you see that somebody at my office put a picture of that guy that was dressed up like a cat and said, who knew Pete went to London? Did you see that little guy? <laughs> I did not. I saw the guy. Oh. I did not know. I didn't see the tweet about you, though. Yeah. Um, come on. But uh, you guys had a good trip, though. Huh? I mean, it was a great trip for the team. Yeah, 2-0. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Pete, I mean, we sat that. we sat here. Well, actually, JP sat here. You were in South Florida, and I was in Prague on the Monday after the Texans game, and the, the sky was falling. I mean, the the world was coming to an end when it when we when you thought about this Jaguar team in oh, 2023. I mean, they didn't play well in that game. No, no, no. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying anyone was wrong. I mean, we were all on the same page. Like, what just happened right. yesterday? They got smoked. <clears throat> and you fast forward two weeks and to go to London, beat the Atlanta Falcons, which you're probably better than they are just because of their quarterback situation right now. Although Ritter threw through 315 yards yesterday. Um, and drove them to a game-winning field yeah. goal. And so you beat the Falcons. And then you have the Bills, who arguably are the hottest team coming in outside of the San Francisco 49ers. You know, number two scoring offense, number two scoring defense, just just routed yeah. the Dolphins. And routed the last three teams they played. I mean, we're I mean, averaging 34 yeah. points a game. Yeah. And to go in there in a pro-Bills – Stadium. It was loud. I mean, the, we had to go on silent count because it was so many Bills Mafia travel. Hats off to them. Great job to that fan base. And to go in there into for three and a half quarters, defensively dominate them, and offensively control the clock, convert third downs, great special teams effort, um, and to win that game the way they did. I mean, you. I mean, it's like you talk about the tale of two cities or two franchises of how you feel just after two weeks. Now you're sitting at three and two tied for the division lead. It's early. That doesn't really matter too much. Um, with the, with the Colts who are also three and two coming in, you've already beat them. Once you go beat them again, you have, you know, a nice sizable lead on them. Good, big division game. I don't think if you, if you would have pulled Pete Jaguar nation and said, how many of you think are going to be three and two? Coming out of London, I think most people would be like, "You are absolutely out of your mind." Well, wh- well, wait a second now, because not a one of us thought they'd be three and two coming out of London. No, no. After that game in Houston, I'm like, "Listen, if we can split and just find right. a way to get back here, right?" Um, I would have felt okay and not great, but I and so I give I give all kinds of credit, a ton of credit to Doug Peterson, his staff, and these players. Because it would have been easy after that performance and knowing that you had to go on the road, basically. Yes, Wembley was a home game, but go on the road as far as live away from your family, take a seven-hour train uh, plane fl- uh, flight there, spend 10 days, two different hotels, two different practice facilities, and then fly home. Pete, you know this as well as I do. You've been covering this league a long time. I've played it, been around it. That tells you how tight that locker room is yep. and how much they trust, trust Doug Peterson. Because yep. for them to so, kind of rally the troops, hats right. off. 
Well, maybe, you know, maybe getting away and becoming closer was actually really good for him, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pete, you argued with me when I uh, – I, I still don't believe that. They just played better football because the coach is a, the coach knows how to get that team to respond. It's not, not unlike what they did in England last year when they got, you know, beat by the Broncos, and then he got them to respond after that. And – that just tells you how good a football coach he is. Oh, he's a great he, football coach. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday airs 4 to 6 p.m. on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, and Jags YouTube. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence Wednesday looked ahead to the Colts, and he was asked about taking deep shots on defenses. Every week there's there's a plan. There's some sort of plan. to You have your shots in there. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily a more of an emphasis um, last week than it was prior weeks. I mean, maybe a little bit just because of the defense you're playing. Um, but I just think that's kind of how the game went. There were some opportunities that were presented to us. You know, they played a little bit of man coverage. They, you know, pressed a couple times where we got a we got a one on one opportunity. Um, you know, obviously like the one to Calvin at the end of the game. It's like a it's a man zero look, like stuff like that that doesn't always happen every game, and you try to take advantage of it when you see it. Um, so, but I'd say you know we always have shots. I think we. You know, we're able to run them at the right time. We were able to get them against the right looks, uh, and we were able to capitalize on them. So I think that was what showed up is more of the execution and maybe past games. Maybe the coverage dictated that the ball didn't go there, or maybe there was pressure or whatever it may be. You know, sometimes the shots don't work out, but um, it seems like we were able to get more of them off last week, which is obviously good when you can have those explosives. That's what we try to do in our offenses be consistently efficient and explosive and that's I think a big key to being a good offense is those two things starting fast you've talked about it a lot first three games seven points in the first quarter in London 18 in both first quarters so I mean around here leads have been you know they haven't happened what's it like to have a lead trust your defense and, and be able to get things started the way you have the last couple games it's, it's a lot better than trying to play from behind all the time. Obviously, it's – I mean, this league, even if you have a lead, it's going to be a four-quarter game. Very rarely do you see games just, you know, a team gets blown out. It doesn't happen much in this league. So you still understand the sense of urgency that you got to keep executing and playing well and you got to play the whole game. But to have that – to get out to a lead early and start fast, I think that takes pressure off of – the defense takes pressure off of us. You know, we can play more on our terms. Um, so I think that – that is obviously a positive. And then you're not finding yourself, you know, in the second half trying to trying to come up with all these points late in the game when you're limited on possessions. I think that's the biggest thing is when you fall behind and you're down by a couple scores, then you're trying to you're trying to score fast, you're trying to figure out how to, how can we get the ball back fast. And there's just a lot that you gotta you gotta do right to win those games. And I mean we've had success in the past, but you can't live off that. So um, definitely that's how we want to play is to jump out early and get a lead. Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially at this level. I mean, obviously, college is it's just harder to judge. You know, you're not playing the same. They're not playing the same defenses every week in college. So I would say yes. I mean, he's he's playing great right now. Um, I think just his game as a whole, not just carrying the ball. You know, breaking tackles. And, and doing his thing in the running game, I think in the passing game, uh, protections, all those things. I think he's just doing a great job. He's playing really smart. Um, he's trusting the guys up front. I think that's something that we worked a lot this this off season is, you know, gap integrity and talking about our schemes and where we want the ball to hit and all those things. And he's just really 
really doing a great job of staying disciplined and trusting those guys. And then, of course, he's going to go and, and make some plays that not a lot of guys can make, and that's what makes him special. But it's every play where he's, he's doing his job, he's trusting it, he's trusting the guys up front to clear a path for him, and then he's hitting it. I think that's where I've seen him take some huge steps, and it's been impressive to watch. And obviously, he's getting more and more involved in the passing game, and that's been good for us. I think that opens up our offense even more when he can be a threat out of the backfield. So he's playing great, you know, so we gotta, we gotta just continue to put him in good positions and, and, and help him out, and uh, he's, he's gonna keep playing great. Cam Robinson returned to the lineup last week at left tackle and said that over time, he's calmed down on the field. The ebbs and flows of football, it's always, it's like a roller coaster. So I think one of the things is you never want to get too high, you never want to get too low. Especially on playing offensive line, you kind of just want to kind of stay even kill because there's going to be bad plays. I mean, it's football, it's going to be good plays. So you never want to get too high, never want to get too low. You just kind of want to stay right in the middle. What about this, the run game last week, especially in the second half? Where right, order, where right. You guys start really opening some stuff up yeah. and, and nice in the game away. That offensive line has a lot uh, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, that's always fun for the offensive line to see. Obviously, every offensive, every offensive line in the league loves to run the ball. So um, we're able to kind of get Travis going in that second half. I think that's kind of where you, you kind of see our, physic, our physicality kind of start to come through and kind of start to wear on them. When in the third and fourth quarter, you kind of, those runs start, they turn, in, they turn into two and three yards to five and six and seven and um, longer. So um, that's just kind of what we want to be. It's kind of where we want to be. Um, kind of where, where we want to be towards the end of the game. Where's your first week soreness after not playing for a month or a little while <laughs> after game one? I actually feel I actually feel really fresh. One of the one of the things that was I don't know if I want to say beneficial, but one of the things that was beneficial for me missing the first couple, first few games was I, this is the freshest I've ever felt through four weeks. So um, I mean I got that of course I got that that soreness, that post game soreness, but um, Kind of glass half empty, glass half full. I just, I, this is the best I've ever felt through at this point of the season. And running back Travis Etienne Jr. led the way last week in the win over the Bills, 184 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. I caught up with him in the locker room this week for the Crown Royal water break. Definitely was the right step in the direction. We just got to stay at it, uh, stay locked in, stay executing when we're out there, and uh, things are going to continue to uh, get better for us. There was a lot of talk about your game coming into this season and things you had worked on this offseason, squaring your shoulders, running through the hole and not to it. And we saw a lot of that, especially this past week. What has changed, at least in your game this season? Has that really paid off for you? Uh, just keeping my shoulders square. That, that way I'm, I'm not um, tipping the defender where I'm going to go. And uh, just giving myself uh, the most options I can each and every time I'm out there. And just being more disciplined, just understanding the blocking schemes and uh, know what my offensive linemen going to do and things like that. So just had to learn more football, honestly, and uh, just get better, get my shoulders square, and be more disciplined with the little things, and uh, it's working out for me. And trust that offensive line. You talked about that. When those guys are blocking it up front, you have a guy like Cam Robinson back on the field and, and the group that's in there already, hey, just follow their lead, right? Uh, most definitely. I, I feel like a, a running back is only as good as his offensive line. Like, you see what I do, but it definitely don't, don't – I, I won't go anywhere without them. And uh, that's not to go unnoticed or – Whatever, and I, I appreciate them, and uh, them just giving me those little creases go a long way for me. And the more we just continue to play, the more they understand that, the more I understand them, and we get to feel for each other. So, and we just keep getting better and better. Travis, let's look ahead to the Indianapolis Colts. Second time seeing them in six weeks. It's a really good front seven. What stands out about this defense? Uh, like you said, the front seven, uh, just just Grover and uh, Buckner, the ability they have to wreck the game. Uh, so definitely got to put hands on them at all times, and uh, just be ready for them. All right, now moving ahead, first place battle this week. I know it's week six. It's early, but this one, 
matters a whole lot in the AFC South. Do you guys look at it that way or a, a lot of season to go after this? No, we, we look at it. Look at it. This is the, the, the biggest one for us because it's the next one. It's the only one that we have in front of us right now. And unfortunately, we haven't won here at the bank. And uh, I mean, that, that's not a good feeling to have when you you putting in work week in and week out for your fans and you don't have a win at home. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they want to see us win. And we want them to come out there and just be electric, the crowd just be electric because we feed off that and we want to create an atmosphere. So later in the road, whenever we're on the run and stuff like that, everyone's excited, the crowd's into it. And that's, that's how you play good football. That's good winning football. Everyone's into it. And uh, we just got to get the first one for them, honestly. Great stuff. Good luck to you this week. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Now to the defense. Coordinator Mike Caldwell visiting with the media Thursday. Are you generally happy with a game where you don't get sacked, but you get four enforced holding calls? Well, it's really the sack is really the stat that you want to get. Sure. But at the end of the day, as a coach, you really look at how you affected the quarterback. Was he comfortable back there or was he moving around and uncomfortable? That That's one of the things. And you can tell by completion percentage sometimes and then just the feel of the game and I think we're making guys uncomfortable we just got to do a little extra and get that sack. Can you talk about uh, Devon Hamilton going to be back at practice today and what he would if you can get him back on the field what he'd bring to the defense? It's just really good to almost be at full strength you know you got a guy that played a uh, played great for us last year and unfortunate that he was had to miss some time but to open up his window and get a chance to get him back and just see his face out there. You know, he's been sitting in meetings and just being able to get him out on the field, it'll be a, I think it'll be a big boost for the, for the team. Smoot, how good has it been to see him back at practice and maybe even on the field soon? Really, um, just last week, um, just being around more, being in, engaged with the guys, talking, you know, his leadership shows up, being able to help guys out in the pass rush. But, you know, just like Devon, just being able to get him back would be a, just a boost to the team. Safety Rayshon Jenkins in the open locker room Wednesday. At the end of the day, we're professionals, and we knew we were going over there before we went over there, so we, we knew the adjustment coming back. And, um, you know, being a professional, you have to adjust to those things, those type of things. Y'all have gotten wins on the road, haven't been able to get one at home yet this year. Mm -hmm. How big would it be to get one this week? Oh, huge, man. That, that's that's one of our goals is, is to always win our home games, win at home, win in front of our crowd. Uh, and, and, you know, it'll be great to get a, uh, our first win in front of our uh, crowd this, this Sunday. How, how different are the calls going to be this time you face them, obviously, with Minshew in and Jonathan mm -hmm. Taylor? Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be different, probably more um, not designed QB runs, yeah, more like drop back and trying to, you know, uh, do some of the things that Minshew does well with his game. And then obviously Jonathan Taylor's, he's coming back, uh, just got paid, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're looking to utilize him in the run game. What about the, uh, the run defense from a secondary perspective? Uh, when you guys come flying down here like you did last week, how can you guys contribute in the run defense? Yeah, that, that's huge. Um, I would definitely say, especially when we're playing like too high, um, and, the, and the box is kind of light, it's going to be really important for uh, Mia Andre to, to get down whenever we do recognize run to, you know, put a cap on on everything. The press conferences and locker room sound available at Jaguars.com. In a moment, a look ahead to the Colts-Jaguars matchup in week six. All that after this. Jaguars fans, Everbank is building its future on the partnership and the performance you know and trust. Take advantage of high-yield savings solutions 
with Money Market, online savings, CDs, and more. Visit everbank.com slash jaguars today for your financial advantage. Everbank, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by Everbank. And if you're a Jags fan always on the move, we've got the perfect plan for you. With the bundle at the bank, you can purchase tickets to three or more games starting at just $58 per game. Get the flexibility you want for your time this fall. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. With the call of the game this week on CBS Sports, Spiro Ditas. We caught up Friday at the Miller Electric Center, and it's his first look at the Jaguars in 2023. Well, the interesting thing is I, I think they're fine is the short answer. It's interesting now because this is a team now that has to deal with expectations for the first time, and that, that, that changes everything, right? I mean, I, I think people forget that as good as last year was and as good as last year turned out, people forget that they started 3-7. and seven. So – you know, to go from where they were last year to where they are now, you can make a pretty sound argument. This is a better team. This is a more well-rounded roster. But now when you throw expectations into the equation, that obviously changes things. I think if they can win Sunday, if they can win this game against Indianapolis, uh, take that head-to-head, you know, you've got that tiebreaker uh, out of sight, out of mind, they're really in a good position. You know, the two-game trip to London was something that I'm sure Doug Peterson wanted to get through. They not only survived, they prospered with the two wins. So I think this game is huge for a number of reasons. Everyone in the division is huge, obviously. But if they can get this one, uh, I think they're really sitting pretty six weeks into the season. Spiro G, the CBS Sports with us. Spiro, they've got skilled position players all over the place. Wide receiver, Travis Etienne's coming off his second-best career day in terms of rushing yardage. We know what Trevor can do, but it doesn't matter too much if you can't block it up front. There's been a lot of changes on the offensive line this year. Well, this is not the week to really try to figure that out. This is a front seven for the Colts that can pound-for-pound uh, keep up with any front seven in the NFL. The challenge this week of blocking a guy like DeForest Buckner and the guys they have in that front seven, Zaire Franklin leads the league in tackles. That's the big challenge up front today. Yeah, you know, when the season started, we were, we were talking about the AFC South, and, and Adam, my partner, Adam Archuleta, agreed that the one area that was a concern for Jacksonville was the offensive line. Um, obviously, Harrison is a, is a tremendous prospect. You think that he will eventually become, you know, potentially a Pro Bowl, all-pro type player, but this is something that, you know, one area where this team is going to have to prove itself, especially due to some of the fronts that they're going to have to face during the course of the season. Um, and you mentioned Indianapolis with Buckner and some of the, the big guys that they have up front. You know, you can go down the list of all the, the teams that have had success in this league, the championship teams. They all build their teams from the, uh, from the line of scrimmage out. And, you know, certainly Jacksonville's defense, I know that they've made some changes. This offensive line for Jacksonville, this is the biggest question mark for me. We know Trevor Lawrence, you know, is is, is ascending. Uh, we know some of the skill position players love ETN, uh, love the, you know, what what Christian Kirk was able to provide, and, and this year now with Calvin Ridley, it's just it's going to come down to this offensive line. Can they protect your franchise quarterback? Um, that will determine, I think, more than anything else, how far this team goes. Spiro Ditas with us. Let's now touch on the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, obviously a first-round pick, but on the shelf for at least four weeks. And it's not his first injury of the season. Mm-hmm. The long-term look at the future of Richardson, you know, they've got so many injuries so far for their quarterback. 
at some point they've got to slow that down if he's going to be the future of that franchise. So how do they do that in Indianapolis? Well, we, we had the game last week, uh, Indy, Tennessee, and, and you know, we were so excited going in to finally see this kid up close and personal, and then he goes down with the injury. You hate to see it of any player, especially someone like him. You know, the day they get Jonathan Taylor back, everyone's excited, the town's jumping, and, and now suddenly he goes down. I'm actually concerned that it's going to be more than four weeks. I, I think that's a really positive uh, guesstimate. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, it could, could be six, could be eight, could be even more. Who knows? The one thing that I think has saved this team has been Gardner Minshew, who you know is another huge part of this game Sunday. He is a luxury that few teams have as a number two quarterback because you know you can go down the list. There are very few number twos that can come in and and keep your team, keep a, a contending team, as a viable uh, as a viable club. And I think Gardner provides that for them. But just to step back, the Richardson injury aside. Very similar to Jacksonville, you know, with the going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. If you look at how bad that the the vibe was in that building last year, we had a number of Colts games last year. To go from that to where they are now with Shane Steichen uh, was mind blowing. We walked in the building last week; it was like you were in a different planet. Uh, they love this guy. They feel like he's smart, puts his guys in a position to succeed, and he's changed the culture quickly and overnight really to the same level that I think Doug was able to accomplish here. So, again, just great to see. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they navigate here these next couple of weeks with Minshew, maybe long-term if Richardson's unable to come back. But just awesome to see the Colts turn the corner the way that they have. And let's wrap the week with an injury update Friday in the press conference from head coach Doug Peterson. Uh, Smoot should be good to go. Um, he's had you know, he's had two good weeks of, of practice. He feels good. Uh, we'll get through today, obviously, uh, make that determination, but but should be, you know, all indications there um, that he's that he's uh, would be ready to go, you know, for this game. You know, Walker and Zay are a little bit further away. Uh, don't anticipate them, um, you know, um, in this game right now. Um, uh, Devin Lloyd's back. Got him back in there, and, and he's. You'll see a kind of a little bit of a cast soft cast you know on his hand and, and wrist uh, out there but he's uh he, he's back in the mix braswell um still nursing um you know the hamstring so so he'll be down yeah uh, with that cast on devin's hand I, I saw it at practice it's like his thumb is sticking out there he still has fingers how difficult is that for him or have, have you noticed that he's had to change anything in practice or no, he doesn't change anything. It just from a grip, you know, standpoint, um, you just can't. You just really can't bend that thumb, you know, because it's uh, immobilized basically. You know, he has the ability to use his his four fingers, but um, you know, he'll he he says he feels fine, he feels comfortable, you know, using it. Um, the more uh, the more times he he's out there, you know, but uh, just probably catching a football is probably not the the most ideal with with a cast on your you know on your wrist. Check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Subscribe on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And we have arrived at week six. It's a battle for first place in the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jaguars, both teams three and two. We're on the air in Jacksonville at 10 a.m. with a public tailgate show on 1010XL. Then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars Radio Network. The official kickoff time, 102 at Everbank Stadium. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by Everbank.